This episode of Sex and Other Human Activities is brought to you by CraftVapory.com. I've been using them for a few months now, and they're fantastic. If you sign up with CraftVapory.com, you will get new juices in the mail every single month. I actually discovered my favorite juice ever called Boyd's Bounty through CraftVapory.com, and I'm a bit of a picky customer. They always send me some sweet stuff that I really enjoy. If you go to CraftVapory.com and put in the code SEXANDVAPING, that's all one word, sex and vaping, you will get 20% off your first month subscription as well as 10% off a purchase from the Craft Online Shop. That's craftvapery.com. Go and check it out. And now on with the show. The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Belly shirts. <laughs> That's the difference. Can't start the show that way. <laughs> I'm cutting it at belly shirts. No, no one's going to know what we were talking about before then. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus Sparks. Jackie Zabrowski. And we are unhappy to be in the city. I guess that's why I call it the blues. <laughs> I guess that's why they call it the gunks. Yeah, man. Uh, we just spent a weekend with our significant others uh, upstate about three hours uh, in what they call the gunks. Oh, yeah, Affectionately baby. called the gunks near a town called Kerhonkson. Huh? <laughs> Man, it was straight nature. It was straight nature, man. It was amazing. We spent most of the time playing dominoes. I can't believe you'd never played dominoes And now before. I'm obsessed with dominoes. Now you're obsessed with dominoes. You're welcome. You have now joined <laughs> the ranks of every old man and every cotton gin in Texas. I love it. I love that. <laughs> it's wonderful. But the best part of the trip, I think, was the hike. Yes. We took an amazing hike to a waterfall, which I was like, okay, waterfall, that's pretty cool. My girlfriend was unreasonably excited about the waterfall. And I didn't quite get it. I was like, okay, waterfall. Yeah, this will be fine. It'll be cool and everything. But once we got there, my God, I believe the hype. It was it was completely worth it. It was completely worth it for the soul as well. Yeah. I think sometimes (coughs) we talk about it often that sometimes living in a city hell, wherever you live, you just got to get out. Yeah. It's a huge part of... um, Listening to yourself, of just remembering that life still happens outside of what, whatever small environment is inside of your head. You know, it's it's a hard thing to remember that it everything's fucking beautiful, man. <laughs> it's a hard to remember it, man. And it was the friendliest forest in the world that I've ever been to. We got out of the car. You know, what was waiting for us. Chipmunk. Yeah, chipmunk. A little chipmunk just sitting there waiting for us, and he just sat there. Hello. And she's like, hi, chipmunk. <laughs> Welcome to the gunks. It was great. It was amazing. But you had a, a, an experience, because the the uh, the trail, it wasn't even a trail. It was just a rocky riverbed. Uh, that was a, a bit of a a bit of a challenge. Like, I would say, like, an intermediate hike. And you're a city person. I I, I, I grew up it. in the wilderness. Like, I, I grew up in that type of shit. And I grew up in the wilderness that could conceivably kill you uh so that for me was like okay this is this is great but you are a city city gal a thousand percent i have never been on a hike before i've never really done anything like that before that was your first hike that was the first one wow why do you think i was so terrified (laughs) i was scared through most of it um in a good way still having fun um 
And it was actually, it was on my birthday when I went, and I wanted to conquer, I wanted to conquer something. Yeah. And I was forced to conquer a huge fear that I have, which is nature in general, and realizing that, like, it was weird because it's, it was so symbolic that it made me want to throw up, <laughs> you know? It's like, it makes me sick even telling the story. Yeah. But it was so crazy how... Even something just that small, like if you put yourself out of a comfort zone and you knock it out of the park, it, it changes you. Even no matter how little it is, everyone has something that, that they they wouldn't be comfortable doing. And, and you know, sometimes you got to try new things. And I am not a person to try new things. No. I, I, I like what I like and that's it. And um, there was one moment. Where Marcus is basically a goat, so he was <laughs> hopping over on rock to rock. It was insane. The man was made to climb. Uh, made to climb. <laughs> oh, God, I was just built for it. I'm tall and I'm gangly. My hands are huge. Huge. Yeah, and it is, yeah, I'm, I'm made to climb and bound around like a goat. I was having the time of my life. And I am virtually the opposite of that. Short, stocky, short legs, small hands. But hard to knock over. Hard to knock over. <laughs> over. We've had this conversation before. Yeah, exactly. I'm the one that has to juke and jive and switch and swatch. No, I can get close to the ground and no one can knock me over. You're a catcher. Oh yeah, man. I'm a shortstop. There you go. Well, that's why exactly. That's why I was a catcher for years. Um, I was just built for it. Yeah. Also to, um, you know, make fun of the batter. (laughs) Also built for that. What was your favorite thing that you ever said to a batter? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I know. Well, I don't know if it was my favorite thing that I ever said to a batter. Um, It was just like the dumbest thing I've ever, like it was so dumb. I just went, fuck your boyfriend. (laughs) Fuck your boyfriend. Fuck your boyfriend. Fuck your boyfriend. And then I was just saying it over and over again. And um, the girl swung the bat back, quote unquote, accidentally smashed me in the face with the bat, like oh, like in a backswing, and just hit my mask, immediately broke my nose. I just went down, man. Mask just went up into my face, and I was just like, fuck! Fuck! I mean, she got me. She got me good. Okay, so we've established that you were comfortable with insulting people. Yes, I got yes. that going. So I was on top of this... Um, rock and the other rock there was like a good good bit in between the two rocks and the other rock was really really steep yeah and it had a really really jagged edge on the top and it was really really tall a lot of sharp rocks it was very sharp and so I was standing on this kind of wobbly rock and I didn't know how to, I had to get to the top of the other rock and Doug was sitting straddled on the rock and he's like you just got to do it and he's like just put your leg in the middle of it and just push yourself like he's like you just have to like completely go for it and I just stood there and was like I can't I can't do it. I gotta go. I have to turn back. I can't go. And he's like, you. He's like, we're so close. Yeah, we were almost like this was the last thing before we got to the waterfall. Because right before the waterfall was a steep, jagged rock yeah. pile that you had to go up, and it was big too. I mean, it was just sitting there saying, "It's like, come on, fucker." Yeah, you can Come on, you, do w- it? you want to see this waterfall? You want to see this fucking waterfall? <laughs> you got to get past this. <laughs> and then yeah. I just stood there and I kind of like, I was worried I was about to have a panic attack because I felt my chest get really tight and I started to cry and I just was like, I can't, I, I can't do it. 
And Doug was just up there, and he was just like, I will catch you. He's like, just put your arms out. He's like, just go for it. I will definitely catch you. And I was like, you're not going to catch me. I'm going to fall and hit my head. I can't. I was just going to stay there. Yeah. He's like, what are you going to do? Just stand on the rock? He's like, yeah, stand here. I'm not. I don't need to see the waterfall. But eventually, I just did. He was like, all right, one, two, three. And then I did it. And he grabbed my hand, and he pulled me all the way up like onto the top of the the sharp edge and I just sat there and I cried for at least a minute and he just kind of held me as he's trying to hold himself on the rock <laughs> and he's like you did it I'm so proud of you you did it and he's like no we're gonna go see the waterfall and I just had to sit there and like compose myself because I couldn't believe that I did it oh yeah and the rest of the way I got up and then we sat under a waterfall yeah we, like climbed up a very like, because at that point, after I did that, I was like, yeah, I can go up these slippery rocks. <laughs> Fuck these rocks. These rocks ain't nothing. I got these fucking rocks. It's just like, whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, man. And then went up and fucking went under a waterfall. And it was amazing. It was a the closest thing to a baptism that I think I've ever had in my life. It was crazy. It was insane. And by waterfall, we mean it was not a roaring spring or anything like that. Like, it was kind of like, it was maybe, what would you say, like three feet across? Yeah. Something like that. Like three feet across hard water hard water mountain water cold water the coldest water i've ever felt my entire life and it was funny all of our different reactions that we had like going underneath like me totally involuntarily i made the noise that tina from bob's burgers makes when she gets really (laughs) upset like i got underneath and i started going ha 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 <laughs> I think I just straight yelled. Yeah, you just went. Ah! Ah! Uh, Carly just started laughing uncontrollably. You know, one of the most okay. I would say one of the most beautiful sounds I've ever heard in my life. Pure joy, uh, and that's how I always uh, want to remember her for the rest of my life. But anyway, uh, that was great. And then Doug had somewhat of the same uh, reaction that I had. Oh yeah, uh, man's reaction. Man's reaction. Yeah, yeah exactly. Huh. Yeah, uh, and it was just a beautiful fucking thing. And then uh, you, and then of course, like you and Doug uh, hung out like at the waterfall while you performed for him, singing. Hey, Mr. DJ, put a record on. I wanna dance with my baby. So we had found a big rock chair, and he was pretending to be the king, and I was the entertainer. Music, <laughs> people. And then me and Carly climbed up to the top of the waterfall. Oh, yeah, after I couldn't go any further. Yeah, I mean, and it was like, but it was the friendliest forest I've ever been, the friendliest nature setting I've ever been in. Everything was soft. There were like trees for handholds everywhere. And then at the end of it, there was like a little pond that was about maybe two feet deep uh, that was, again, cold, cold water. But man, it was just a beautiful experience all the way around. I came back like, I would say, like, okay, yes, I did come back, and almost immediately, as soon as I got into the city, just got extremely angry. Yes. Uh, Just horribly angry angry for certain reasons. Uh, Not having anything to do with anybody on the trip. Just completely, just like, okay, well, okay, yeah, remember this is, oh, yeah, that's your life, remember. Uh, But as I started... Coming back on like Monday, Monday started writing as is my Monday ritual now that I'm not going to therapy anymore. Like, you know, a good hour of writing every uh, Monday morning. 
Like I kind of realized like who I was on that trip was like my favorite version of myself. You know, I I was relaxed and just open for anything and just always having fun and just accepting of all and and, and just I don't know. Like it's just it's hard cuz I would really start thinking I was like that is that was my favorite version of myself. I want to be that all the time. I want to try to take that into cuz we all have I think different versions of ourselves. I don't there's no person on earth that is one person and that's it. You know, usually those people are assholes. Right. Those are those are the types of that don't un- change in a, in different environments. Exactly. That that uh, is just an unbending stubborn person like this is who I am. Usually they talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is who I am. You can't change this me. Is me. I do what I want. That's the s- Sometimes of- compromise is, is great, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Give it a try. Give it a try every once in a while, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we, of course, people, you you, you bend to certain social situations, uh, but sometimes you fall into a situation where you're thinking, like, this is exactly who I want to be. Like, this is who I want to be all the time. And it's, of course, impossible to do to be that person because I was... 100% relaxed the entire time that we were there. Like there was no moment that except for there was one moment when the real world reached out and tapped me on the shoulder and reminded me of my responsibilities. But for the most part, it's the problem with the phones. It's the problem with the phones. That's why you can't have the phones. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, it, it was like, of course, it, it was stress free the whole time. So it's easy to be that person when there's no stresses, when there's nothing really to worry about. It's easy to be that person then. It's very hard to take that version of yourself into real life. I just felt like I had, I feel like we all kind of had our own little discoveries over the weekend, or at least me and you did. Yeah. Had some very like great discoveries about ourselves. And it was all because we decided to say, fuck it. Let's go out of town. Take a chance. Let's take a chance. Let's see. And it didn't. And that's another thing is I know a lot of people out there, you know, you you don't have a lot of money. It didn't cost a lot of money for us. No. We were able to do it. Like we were, we had a bit of a, you know, a budget vacation. Uh, We're like, we didn't go to, we didn't go. We had a three foot waterfall vacation. Right. (laughs) You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We had our, our, the, the vacation that we had that we could afford was a three foot waterfall. But you know what? That was the sweetest fucking waterfall in the world as far as I'm concerned. Just need a change. Change of pace is such a, such an important part of being able to enjoy hopefully the best version of yourself. Yeah. And, and it is hard, you know, get, getting through the day and, and trying to remember. I feel like my dreams have been happier since I got back. I wouldn't necessarily say that my stress level is any different, mm-hmm. but I want to try and remember it. <laughs> I really want to try. Yeah. I'm trying as hard as I can to remember it. When This week when I've, certain things have like started to kind of get me down a little bit, like I have retreated to that place or not necessarily retreated because I don't think retreating is the right it's not the right thing to do and I don't think the right word is I think more pulling it towards where you are 
reaching out, grabbing it, and pulling it towards you, and keeping it with you, and holding on to it, and kind of adding that good feeling to, I don't know, life force might be the best way of describing it, yeah. hippy-dippy bullshit, but still, like your overall fucking life force, adding it to that, adding that to your, I guess, inner strength would probably be a better way of putting it, uh, is adding those things uh, that make you happy, and adding it to yourself and keeping it within you. Uh, and that is uh, also an important lesson to learn. It's like we just learn in lessons all over the place. So do you feel like you can conquer more shit now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really proud I that I, I did that. Yeah, I don't mean like hike-wise. Oh, okay. I don't mean like rock-wise. I mean life-wise. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to. Yeah, and I know there are definitely times in my life that I would not have gone, I would not have gone, I wouldn't even wanted to do the whole thing in the first place because I was very much for a long time the kind of person that I don't change. This is who I am, and this is how I I, I, I am in all situations, and I was that for a really long time. For the first few years that I knew you, that yes. I would say that was you, and and I've been trying to work on that. Yeah, because I don't want to be an asshole. And also, it's not fun. No, it's not. You know, sometimes you just got to let it go. And even, you know, we discuss, like, I kind of had little times here and there over the trip where, like, if I'm not anxious about something, I find something to be anxious about. Oh, me too. You know, just dumb little things that are just <laughs> like all of a sudden my chest gets tight for no reason. I think the best thing that you found to be anxious about was, what are we going to do about this rug outside? <laughs> <laughs> do we have a broom to do, sweep this to rug? Sweep the rug? There are cigarette ashes <laughs> on the rug. Can we, uh, what are we going to do about this <laughs> all of a sudden i was just like god i'm really good at finding <laughs> anything to be worried about yes but you, it's good to be but i'm aware of it yeah and i said that out loud and then i let it go exactly you know sometimes you just gotta just you gotta let it go yeah say it outside or say it out loud and let it go not necessarily yeah i wouldn't recommend like saying it out loud and then continuing to talk about it because that's what complaining is yes but just like oh boy i need to calm down uh this thing is stupid uh this is why it's stupid let it go let it go yeah let it go and i think that's that's a good thing you know sometimes it's very important to acknowledge those things but i think also what's very important is i think you know i've definitely said this on here before but it was like uh can't remember what vonnegut book it was from but he said uh the one thing this isn't the exact quote but uh he said people don't say enough uh, out loud or if you have a chance to say out loud, say it. If this isn't nice, I don't know what is. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that I just kept saying to myself the whole weekend. It's just like, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. I don't, I don't know what happiness is. If this isn't happiness, if this isn't relaxation, I don't know what the fuck it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It was a wonderful fucking time, man. And we might recommend all you guys out there to get outside of your comfort zone, even just a little bit. And you can discover something about yourself. You might cry through it, but that's okay. You know what? That's totally okay. And you know, it might be best. <laughs> yeah. It might be for the best. Really feel it. Yeah, really fucking feel it, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I did like, I, I like purposely backed off on that because I was like, you know what? That's something that y'all need to go through. Like oh, yeah. that's something that you and Doug, like that was an experience that you guys needed to share together. I'm a fucking. I'm just gonna bound up and down this mountain. Exactly, and he while. didn't leave me the whole time. Nope. And you know it says a lot about a man, nope. and he didn't make me feel dumb or stupid. No. Nope. Stupid for being scared either. Nope. Absolutely not, man. I mean, not no, no one did, but. 
No. You know, I just feel like I have been in relationships before where it's like, why are you, what are you so scared? What are you, what are you, an idiot? Yeah. What are you scared of? I've definitely been with someone like that before. And, and you know, it's nice to not have that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and with, with me, it's like someone who is up for anything. Right. Uh, and I haven't ha- ever really been in a relationship with someone who's up for anything yeah you know it's like it's like in that whole trip i would have been you know i've had really past relationships where somebody would be complaining that entire time right or would get there and be like i'm bored let's go but no man i got someone who will fucking go with me to the top because that's hell what we yeah. did we went to the fucking top man hell yeah and we had a great time the whole way up and a great time the whole way down it was wonderful Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Is that a mosquito that's buzzing? That Great. So good. <laughs> no, we're no, keeping we're it in it. our hearts. We're keeping it in our hearts. We're taking it with us. We're taking it with us day to day. It's a wonderful thing. All right, let's uh, get to our letters Love for it. today. And one more reminder, we are brought to you by craftvapory.com. Go to craftvapory.com and put in the code Sex and vaping. I love sex and vaping. <clears throat> yeah, please go and do that if you're a vapor or if you're looking to, to quit smoking and you want like a fun little package every month, a little surprise. I just got a new one in the mail and it is fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, it, it's fucking wonderful. Like I said, I got my, my favorite vape ever, um, Boyd's Bounty, in one of my packages. So yeah, be a, a craftvapery.com. Uh, and put in the uh, code sex and vaping for uh, a cute little discount. Hell yeah. All right. Here is our first letter. What are we going to call her? Hmm. Star butter. <laughs> Ew. Star butter. It's cute. <laughs> it is cute. Make a butter out of stars. <laughs> All right, we can do that. We yes. can make we can make star. Ugh. You don't like star butter? No, it's just when I'm saying we can make star butter. Yes, that's something that I should say to my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, never that's, to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Ever Although gonna, I don't want you to be saying we can make star butter because like, that's you also want me, you don't want me to say that to Carly. No, you don't want me, you don't want me to make star butter with her. Ew, ugh. <laughs> it's like having sex on a rainbow. <laughs> Actually, I think that might be uh, her favorite thing ever. I'm if I sure. Told her that. Yep. Yeah. See, she's looking for a name as well, rap name, because you know I'm dog meat, mm-hmm. and your brother's too real. Too real. That's his name. <laughs> you didn't know Henry's rap name is Too Real. Too now? real. No, I didn't know. Too real for you. <laughs> and I'm dog meat. Yeah, and she can be star butter. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Marcus and Jackie, hello from the Midwest. Your podcast is awesome. Thank you. I'm dealing with an issue that I feel like I can't talk to anyone about. Through some research, I've realized it's something called compassion fatigue. I work at a no-kill animal shelter. I've worked there for over a year now, and the trauma, abuse, and human negligence I experience on a day-to-day basis has, I feel, finally driven me to the edge. I care so deeply. I wipe diarrhea from asses. I clean up piss and blood and vomit daily and deal with mange and broken bones, happily even, knowing that the dogs are clean and fed and loved is enough for me. I just wanted to find them loving homes. I see hateful human beings ditching 
malnourished, wounded, and terrified dogs in our lobby, and I keep a kind and soothing straight face, even though I'd love to give these people a piece of my fucking mind. I do this because I love it. I don't want thanks or sympathy. I don't even want recognition. I went into this career for the dogs, not the people. But now I have an issue. I can't talk to my fellow employees about it because I feel like I'm complaining. I feel like I shouldn't complain about being tired and burnt out when there's so much awful shit happening all around me at all times. And now I'm taking my work home. I'm drinking and I'm hurting my four-year relationship. I have worse nightmares than ever and I wake up in the middle of the night worried that I didn't lock a door at, at the shelter or I didn't pay close enough attention to that really sick dog. I'm being successfully treated for schizoaffective disorder, depressive type, and I feel like I'm finally getting my life together in that respect but I'm so damn tired I care so much all the time about everything and everyone and every small thing coming into my life and it's driving me into an abyss I want to keep my job I don't want to quit I want to help animals for the rest of my life if I'm not there to help who will it's minimum wage with risk of bodily harm on the daily selfish thinking I know but I need advice on how to handle all this horrible shit I see day to day and how to process it in a healthy way instead of it turning into a black hole I have hobbies but feel no passion for them anymore how do you guys decompress i can't find a way to do it other than chain smoking and drinking help please star butter all right well even though i do not deal with the real life shit that you deal with on a daily basis like you are in the fucking muck man and thank you so much for doing this sort of work it's like people like you are needed in this world especially with so many people around and and i gotta say right now if you're thinking of getting a dog or a cat or anything like that make sure that you have the fucking lifestyle for it and the more importantly the temperament for it yes the patience the patience because they are living animals they're beautiful animals i would love to have a dog i would love Love I to have would. One. Lo- I just know I can't right now. I can't. I do not have. The, I don't have the lifestyle for it. To have a dog. To be fair to the dog. To have. To to have the dog have a healthy and happy life. I don't have the life for that. I don't have the lifestyle for that. Uh, and that sucks. But I know that, and I accept that, and I do not do it. I do not go through with that. So if if you're out there and thinking about getting a dog, please be as honest as you possibly can about yourself about how much time you realistically have to and devote. And how much space. And how, and much, how space. much money. And how much I, money, too. Because that is a, uh, it's a huge issue of, I mean, basically anytime, you know, Doug also works for a no-kill shelter, and anytime I say I want a, uh, a dog or a cat, I, need, I want an animal very much. I love having an animal around. I've always had animals growing up. And, uh, you know, always the number one thing, it's like besides the fact of the time and we don't have the space for a dog, he's like, you have to have the money that if anything happens, you have the money to take it to a vet yeah. or you are able to get animal insurance. Are you? And he's like, do you have, are we living paycheck to paycheck? Yes. That means we don't have the money for an animal. Mm-hmm. That's very fucking true. Yeah, because you might all of a sudden have like, oh, okay, $600. It's like having a kid. Yeah. I mean, it is. I, uh, we just recently had a friend that adopted a dog uh, from a no-kill shelter, and he, there was something neurologically wrong with him, and they immediately had to take him in to go get a bunch of brain scans done. Oh, Jesus. And that was out of pocket. That's oh. $2,000. Oh, my God. Of well, Until they fixed it. Yeah. And- he had the money to do it. Yeah. If he has the if you have the money to do it, then that's fucking great. You can go on and do that, man. Uh, but yes, th- but that's, that's our little that's, that's aside. That's our, that's our little aside, first of all. <laughs> and I think that Starbutter would agree with us yes. on that. Uh, so 
Like, as I was starting off, um, is that I, you know, am not in, I'm more in the research field. I'm on the outside looking at this stuff because for, if those of you out there don't listen to another show that I do last podcast on the left, uh, we cover serial killers. We cover uh, real life disasters like we've covered Columbine. We've covered Waco. Uh, we've covered war crimes. I mean, just the worst that humanity has to offer. I'm knee deep in that shit five days a week i take off weekends i well actually sometimes it's six days a week depending on the scope of the research that i have to do we're about to do a huge series on a gigantic topic so i'm working six days a week doing this for the next you know the next three weeks or so but when i leave when i go home at the end of the day i do not fuck with anything in the macabre i don't i sometimes i watch horror movies like i still enjoy horror movies but it's like one a month uh i don't read fucked up like i i don't like watch fucked up documentaries i don't read like fucked up uh novels or anything like that i read sci-fi I read fantasy, you know, like I watch Star Trek like that. Like that's what I do outside. Like I have things that sort of elevate me a little bit more. Like those are my like, yes, I do work with bones and that is somewhat uh, that's a little macabre. Definitely. But it is not something that is specifically in this deep, dark fucking realm. What I'm trying to say is that you have to separate what goes on at work and what you do after work. Which Something is easily that, said, you know. Much more easily said than done. But I think actually it kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier, um, that maybe you need to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. You were saying that the, the hobbies that you've been doing, you've lost interest in all that and it's hurting your relationship. It drives you to drink, which I completely understand. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us have been in that situation. I, I still struggle with that, that if mm -hmm. I, there's something I can't deal with, I sometimes drink and it doesn't help. It just makes you think about it more. It doesn't help your sleeping. It doesn't help with anything. Makes but, you sleeping worse, in fact. Yes. Yeah. But maybe... You know, is there something that you've always wanted to try? Is there something that can push you a little bit past your comfort level of like, what's another fear that you can conquer? Maybe if there's something else that you can put your brain on besides just work, because you're doing it, your head's in it, you're doing such a good thing for humanity, that now do something for you. Yeah. Something that can push you that would take your mind off of work that's not just drugs and booze something that like that you've always kind of wanted to do but never really either had the time or or the money or or just kind of scared to do and maybe now's the time to do it and if you're really focused on that then you won't be so like your mind won't be absorbed in work I think uh, you also, uh, Jackie, brought up something good, like doing something for you. Yeah. Because compassion fatigue is something, it happens to a lot of people. Yes. Uh, people who work in you know, service-oriented jobs, people who work at you know, hospice, you know, people who work at, at nursing homes, people who work in all of these jobs where people depend on them, especially if you're an extremely compassionate person. Uh, those sorts of things, yes, the compassion fatigue does set in but when you're outside of work do things that are just for you 
that is that is only for you that is all like it doesn't have anything to do with anybody else it's just for you and i think if you find that thing i think that's gonna help quite a bit and another thing that i also say it's like okay the reason why we do shows like last podcast where we laugh at the worst shit in the world because if we didn't laugh about it we cry about it right there's a reason why um you know emts and cops have the sickest gallows humor in the world because humans need tension to be broken that's what laughter is about a lot of the times it's about breaking that tension and it's about normalizing things and it's about taking the fucking wind out of it taking the edge out of it uh and if you can i mean i don't know it's kind of weird to make jokes (laughs) right but it's trying to find the humor in some of this stuff because that's exactly when um star butter asked how we deal with things I that's laugh. It. That's it. I, that's that is something that I've found that is such a defense mechanism for my whole sense of self that I've incorporated in lots of parts of my life, and I think it's also the fact that I think that you're you have so much trepidation over you don't want you know you don't want to complain about it you don't want to talk about it and I think that that's keeping it inside your head that's too, bad. And, and that causes another level of stress. Whereas you know. I know we say writing stuff down, which that really helps, but also, which I've done for a long time, is that I don't see it as complaining, but I put a time limit. You know, I get home, if I want to complain about something at work, I want to talk about something at work, I usually give myself about five to ten minutes mm-hmm. five to, ten ta- minutes is good. to talk at my significant other about it, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And then I let, let it go, like what we were talking about with the anxiety before earlier. You acknowledge it. And you have to let it go. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, it, it's hard to do. It takes a long time, but you should be able to say it out loud. And it's okay to say it out loud as long as it's for a set amount of time. Mm-hmm. Hell, set a fucking egg timer on it. <laughs> but I mean, just so that it gives you that release that you need because you need more, you need better ways of release. Yes, you do. Uh, and also fucking good for you for taking care of uh, of your illness. Yes. For, ta- for taking care of schizoaffective disorder. That isn't easy. It's not something to fuck around with. <laughs> no, it's not something to fuck around with. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend that I understand it. I, I don't. I don't know a hell of a whole lot about it. I know the symptoms, but never experienced it myself. Uh, but Good on you for keeping that under control. Hell yeah. Like, that is that is some rough shit right there. And, of course, that's also something, you know, it's definitely, that's probably, that's affecting you as well. I'm not even going to say probably. I'm going to say that's... It's affecting that's, you as well. That's, yes. that's affecting you as well. Like, you you have chosen, um, you've chosen a difficult career. Right? But one that is very necessary. It's necessary. I wouldn't be able to do what you do. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah. Necessary and satisfying. You did not, you chose a strong career. Like, this is something that, like, you chose something that you need to be strong for. And you are being strong for it. Whether you think you are or not, you are being strong for it because you're still going going in every single day. You want to do it. It is in you. This sort of thing is in your heart. It's your calling. You found right. a calling. And that is very rare in this world. And you have chosen to go 
into a profession that yes is very difficult especially with um especially with uh, this the disorder that you know you're dealing with day to day uh that is so fucking people throw around the word courage way too fucking much they throw the word brave around too fucking much this is brave yes this is brave and this is courageous and remember that take that with you when you're starting to think about shit like that just remember and feel good about that. Yeah. Use that as something to feel good about that. Draw on that. Draw on that fucking well, that well of strength that you have within you, that you have chosen. You have chosen to live this life, uh, and good on you for choosing this life. You are making the right decision. Yes, you are. The, this is, you are, you are doing what you need to be doing. You're making the right decision. But the drinking and chain smoking, one at a time, first of all. Let me say, because for a long time, I did do the same thing, drinking and chain smoking, uh, dealing with shit, you know, day to day, getting fucked up six nights a week, you know, just getting as fucked up as I could just because I wasn't dealing with shit. Uh, and I eventually, I cut that down and how I cut that down therapy. When I started therapy, I stopped drinking as much. Uh, and there's a you know, I can look and see a direct fucking correlation between those two. It wasn't immediate, but as I was in therapy more and more, I drank less and less. Uh, and now I've got to where it's like, yeah, of course I still drink. Like I, I definitely get fucked up at least one night a week, if not two, you know, it's like where I will go out and I'll get drunk and I'll have a great fucking time. Gonna do it tonight. It's Thursday night, man. I get drunk on Thursdays cause Thursday's practice night. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is that is in the fucking cards for me. But it's not something that I do to deal with shit anymore. It's something that I do that's fun. I do it because it's fun because I enjoy doing it. Uh, but the next came the chain smoking. Then I dealt with the chain smoking for so long. After that, couple of years, you know, you know, I was a chain smoker for you know fifteen years, somewhere around there. Yeah, 15 years. Uh, and uh, that was the next thing to take care of. And then eventually, once I was ready to take care of that, I had a lot of encouragement. You know, I didn't have any sort of picking at me or anything like that. I had a lot of encouragement. And I also had the fucking an aid. You know, I had the whole vape thing to fucking help me get off cigarettes. Uh, and so, but that also took a lot. I had to be ready for that, you know, and that. But you've already got, I mean, that, that I would say that took a little bit of strength on my part, but you've already got that strength. Yes. You've already got the strength within you. You've made the choice to do something this fucking great with your life. Uh, and there's just highs and lows, too, yeah. you know? And you can, it's what you want to do. Yeah. And, it are, and you're already on the path, man. And it's just, you know, we all hit ruts, too. Yeah. It sounds like a pretty big fucking rut. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just think that you. I just think you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Do things for you. Mm -hmm. It's like find the local pool. It's like I wish I could do that every day. It's like that's what I used to do whenever I'd get stressed out when we were living in Florida. It's like I would just go swim by myself. Mm -hmm. You know, just kind of go back and forth, back and forth, and just in quiet. Yeah. And you just need it. You need to decompress. That's what you need more than anything. And hell. You and your significant other, get out of town for a day. Get out of I town. I mean, that's, it's like, but it, but take the time. Now you have to start taking that time for you. If it's leaving work an hour early, you have to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. 
That is totally fine. Do not think. And also allocate yourself because you say that you're laying awake at night and you're like, oh, did I do this? Did I do that? I could, probably could have done more for, for this dog or for that dog. Um, you have to set a demarcation between it's like, okay, no, I can't think about that right now. Like I, I have to think about something else. I know that's very difficult, uh, but you do need to set a demarcation. It's like when you leave, and I had to do that here as well. Like I had to set a straight. It's like okay, once I, once I'm on the G train on my way out of here, it's done. I have left it. I don't think about it anymore. I don't think about the shit that's going on here. Or at least I try not to. Because you it can't doesn't stress. always work. It doesn't always work. You're not gonna. You're not gonna succeed every single time. But trying helps it's also it's hard with like i mean i deal with that often where i stress about things that are in the past that have already happened and there's nothing you can do to change it Mm -mm. all you can do is wake up the next day and go into work so it's like the worrying about that worrying about like if you had done something if you could have done anything it doesn't change anything stress is the most useless of all of the emotions yeah you know there it it doesn't it doesn't help it's manufactured yes yeah it's absolutely By outside sources yeah well and yeah it's either outside sources or inside sources yes. anxiety is is manufactured absolutely it is something that is inside your head of course like stress is something if there's something that is you know that definitely needs your attention you know don't ignore it but be sure to just try to separate what is imaginary stress and what is real stress things that you can do something about things that you can't do something about right separate your stress and writing helps out a lot yes, helps out with that a lot, lot. writing is the one thing that helps out the most with that or just talking with somebody writing and therapy those are two things that really help you separate uh necessary stress from unnecessary stress because if we didn't have any stress in our lives we wouldn't pay our fucking bills mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's right you know that's right <laughs> all right and that's all we got time for today uh write to us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com if you have any questions questions or comments for us uh go to uh craftvapory.com and put in the code sex and vaping uh to get a discount on your order and we'll talk to you all next week you go fuck you go fuck for more shows like the one you just listened to go to cavecomedyradio.com <laughs>